0: Thank you, Pastor Tom and everybody. And we want to welcome everyone to our small groups. Grace the DNA of God. Welcome everyone online. The uh, questions, the discussion questions are online. So if you are in your home with your family, maybe with a couple of friends... Go ahead and gather around, and let's just have a great time tonight. I want to thank everybody that has worked so hard in putting this together, from Tony Cook to Pastor Nancy to Jane Mayorga, and uh, we are delighted to have all of you here, all of our, our leaders that are going to be uh, facilitating the group. Thank you so much for coming, and it's going to be a good night. Praise God. Now, we are going to go ahead and review a couple of the things that Brother Tony Cook said last week. Didn't he do a great job? He's such a, a, a great friend of the ministry, great personal friend, and he just has such a a wonderful way of communicating the Word of God. He left here to go to Canada, had a great big meeting up there, and now he's home on his way to Colorado to get some rest. So Tony, if you're watching, hello and thank you so very much. So we have this great book, Grace the DNA of God, and uh, our Wednesday night small groups are going to be running right through October 19th, and some of the teaching is going to be live like tonight, and of course we're going to be hearing from Tony as well on the videos. And so he covered uh, different aspects of grace last week, kind of an overview. And uh, he likened it to electricity. So in electricity, you can do a multiple amount of things. Well, in the grace of God, there's layers and layers of it. It's grace upon grace. There's saving grace. There's sharing grace. There's serving grace. There's standing grace. Praise God, there's sanctifying grace. And so what I want to do is just look at a couple of those tonight by way of review and maybe add a couple of thoughts as well. Let's talk about sanctifying grace. I like the way he defines this. He says, sanctifying grace is God's life and power released toward and working in an individual, cleansing that person, enabling him or her to live a holy life. And then he goes on to say, what is sanctifying grace? It is the impartation of God's holiness, and it keeps us from being contaminated. And so we know there's a lot of pollution out there in the world, because there's a lot of evil spirits around, seducing spirits, trying to seduce God's people into kind of a laxadaisical, mediocre, unsanctified life. Even though we've been sanctified by the Lord Jesus Christ, positionally, sanctification and holiness is something we need to walk out in our everyday life. Here's what Jude 4 says, the end of Jude uh, chapter 1 verse 4 says, ungodly men turning the grace of our Lord Jesus into lasciviousness well another translation the niv says this godless men who change the grace of our god into a license for immorality now the word turning there from jude chapter 4 means to transpose it means to transfer to change to exchange or even to pervert now, a verse that we looked at last week is in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 from the New Living Translation. So I'd like you to go ahead and participate with me as we read this together. Titus two, eleven and 12, ready, read. For the grace of God has been revealed. Bringing salvation to all people. Verse 12. And we are instructed to turn from godless living. And sinful pleasures, we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and what else? Devotion to God. One of the things that Tony says so beautifully in his book, Grace, the DNA of God, is grace is not divine permission to do what is wrong, rather to fulfill the lust of the flesh, but rather grace is divine power to do what is right. And this is a great quote as well. He said that grace not only delivers us from the penalty of sin, but grace also delivers us from the power of sin. And so there's kind of like two sides of the coin. Uh, there's two sides to our life, if you will. There's our identity, who we are in Christ, our position, if you will, in Christ, and also our lifestyle. And that is where we... Put into practice who we are. We put into practice where we are from our position in Christ. It's being a doer of the Word of God. It's walking in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. It's being holy, even as God said, Be holy, even as I am holy. Amen? And so we understand these things. These are very, very important truths that we need to make sure that we are thinking about. So sanctifying grace. Brings the truth of your position in Christ into your outward contact uh, conduct now many years ago, Gloria Copeland came out with a beautiful, beautiful phrase called The Last Frontier. I love Gloria Copeland, I know she 's watching tonight, <laughs> not, but I just love gloria you know she 's been in the church a few times, and we just cherish that woman of God as well as we do uh, Kenneth as well and incidentally we were able to sow ten thousand dollars out of the God account during the victory thon this week praise God for the victory network so we're excited about that amen but she said this today the church is standing at the edge of a great frontier she says I believe it is the final frontier that stands between us and the fullness of God's glory On the other side of the greatest manifestation of God's power, this earth has ever seen. What is this last great spiritual frontier? She says, it's holiness. The Bible says that we are to be the glorious church without spot or wrinkle. You know, I listened to Billy Brim all weekend, and Billy said something that just... (laughs) She talks about the coming of the Lord draweth nigh, And she says, you know how I know that the rapture of the church isn't going to happen right now? And she says, just look at (laughs) you. And it wasn't a put down. But how many of you know he's coming after a glorious church? Anyway, that's not what I'm preaching on. But (laughs) praise the Lord. Now the word holiness simply means separation to God or conduct befitting those so separated. It means to separate. To separate means to set apart, to disunite, to disconnect, to go in a different direction. This world is going in the wrong direction, but we are not of this world. Keith Moore defines holiness simply as Christ likeness. Everyone say Christ likeness. And so God is leading his men, he's leading his children into holiness. Holiness is not a special calling that only a few people have. Holiness is a quality to which every person in the body of Christ is called. For God hath called us not unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Amen? So we've been given the robe of righteousness. Say with me, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. But then we must maintain that by righteous or holy living. Now the good news is we don't have to do it in our own strength. Aren't you glad? Now whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do, whatever the Word of God tells you to do, by the power of God and by the power of His presence, He will empower you to do so. Amen? Amen. So here's a prayer that we can pray for ourselves and for one another on a regular basis. So let's make this our prayer as we conclude on sanctifying grace and go into standing grace. First Thessalonians 5:23 and 24. This is our prayer. Let's pray. And the God of peace himself sanctify us through and through, separate us from profane things, make us pure and holy, consecrated to God, And may our whole spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's a a wonderful separation that takes place by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about legalism again. We're talking about the grace of God. Secondly, we want to take a quick look at standing grace. Now, what is standing grace? Standing grace is God's life and power released toward, a work, toward and working in an individual's life, strengthening that person, enabling him to stand victorious in life. It is the impartation of God's strength, and it keeps us from being defeated. Say it with me real strong. I am strong, I am strong. in the grace. That is in Christ Jesus. Paul told young Timothy very emphatically. I think it's 1 Timothy 2, 1, somewhere around there. He said, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Paul knew something about the strength that grace brought into his life. And he's mentoring young Timothy, and he's saying, Timothy, be strong, because the grace of God will strengthen you no matter what you face, no matter what hell throws your way. The grace of God enables you to stand victoriously. Somebody shout amen. amen. And so we access this grace with our faith. Romans 5 2, let's participate again. Ready, read. Romans 5 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Wherein we what? Wherein we what? So we're standing strong in the grace of God. And while we're standing, we're rejoicing. We're not gritting our teeth, just kind of holding on by the grace of God. No, we're strong in the grace. We're empowered by the grace. The grace of God is coming upon us. Great grace! And it causes rejoicing. Because we have a hope. We have an expectation for the glory of the Lord to show up in every area of our lives. Amen? So he tells us now in the book of Hebrews, come boldly to the throne of grace what that we may obtain mercy anybody ever need mercy yes. and find grace to help in a time of need i believe the most dramatic example of the grace of god is found in second corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 through 11 now let me set it up for you The Apostle Paul got a lot of revelation. It's called the Pauline revelation. It's the in whom, the in Christ, in whom we have who we are in Christ Jesus. The devil doesn't like that. And so the devil comes along with a thorn in the flesh to buffet him, not buffet him. (laughs) Chuckle anyway. (laughs) To buffet him. I mean, to just try to absolutely... Stop Paul from getting that revelation out to the churches, because if he could stop Paul from getting that revelation out to the churches, we wouldn't have that revelation today. Now I want to read this in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven. He said, "Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, he had revelation, and he wanted to get that information." into the church. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, not by God. God doesn't deal with thorns in the flesh. God heals with delivering from thorns in the flesh. A thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan tells exactly it was to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient. There's sufficiency in the grace of God. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, will I rather boast in my infirmities that what? The power of Christ May rest upon me. Verse 10 Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs, persecution, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am what? I am strong. Tony points out in his book that the thorn in the flesh was Satan's ability against Paul, but God's grace was God's ability for Paul. So we don't want to center in on so much what the enemy is trying to do. What we want to center in on what Christ has already done. And that's where you and I lean heavily, access daily the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just read this from the Amplified, and I've got two minutes. But he said to me, My grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully for my strength, power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weaknesses. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmities. Now listen to this, that the strength and power of Christ the Messiah may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Amen. Sound good? Yeah. Let's read verse 10 together. So for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasures in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am truly strong, able, powerful. Oh I just preach myself happy. And so what Satan was trying to do was to keep Paul from having an outstandingly extraordinary ministry. All of the enemy's efforts were to crush Paul's ministry to keep getting the word out. But God's grace provided sufficiency and strength and the grace of God came upon Paul. And you can expect the same thing because we're all going to face distress. We're all going to face hardships. The crisis of life come to all of us. But in the midst of the crisis, we have the Christ. And His grace is sufficient for you. Well, before we break into our small groups, we're going to want to say goodnight to our online audience out there. And so, as Pastor Mark mentioned earlier, the discussion questions are available on the website for your home discussions. And you can go to heartofthebay.org and follow the small group link at the top of the page. And we just want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we hope to see you on Sunday morning. We'll be back here at 10 a.m.